0: Hey guys, Mubarak Shah, CPA here uh, in the M&A world and here talking on Corp Dev world. And I want to talk to you guys about how you actually go about buying a business. All right, it seems intimidating. It seems like it's only for the millionaires and the billionaires. But I can tell you that really anyone with the right strategy and the right process in place can buy a business. And in fact, there's an entire world called the search fund world, which... um, it's been pretty hidden. It used to only be for like Ivy League kind of MBA, Harvard, Stanford grads, but there's literally these industries or these kind of pathways that sometimes post MBA graduates end up taking where they literally just go out and try to find a company to buy because it's that whole buying versus building, you know, discussion. And so in this episode, I want to talk about how do you actually buy a business, right? What are the steps? What's the actual. M&A process right and so there's different takes and different styles but I think it's best to think about it that there's like a good 10-step method that encompasses the what we'll call the M&A process the mergers and acquisitions process because that's generally what you're going to be undergoing if you're going to be looking to buy a company all right so the M&A process has a lot of different steps and There's different ways to get into it, but you can really just equivocate it to how it is to buy a house or buy a car, right? So it's not impossible. Anyone can do it. Yes, there are people that buy the Bugattis and buy the mansions, but then there's also people buying entry-level homes and cars, and the same thing applies for businesses, all right? So... The process, though, probably takes a little longer. It can take anywhere from, I mean, in in distress situations, if you're finding, if you find a seller that is about to go bankrupt or run out of money or, you know, oh, I sold one of our companies because we were moving across the country and, you know, starting a new job. So it's, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of different motivations, but generally speaking, I would say on average it takes anywhere from six about six months if it's like a smaller, medium-sized company. If it's a larger company, it can take all the way to several years. And sometimes it does take several years because there's just so many things at play. So in this episode, I'm going to just outline the acquisition process from start to finish and go over probably some of the different types of acquisitions and then really go into it um, in future episodes being kind of more deep. But um. This is how corporate development looks at the m and process or investment banking. But it eventually, because of these guys do it full-time, they create this kind of process or it's a, a, almost like a workflow. So this is how you would definitely think about it, right? So first off, you have to develop a goal or an acquisition strategy. Right. So you have to figure out why you want to buy another company. Are you doing it to increase revenue? Is it um, a competitor of yours that has a revenue stream or has a product line that is you really like and is stealing sales from you? Is it uh, a competitor stealing market share? Are you wanting to go into another industry? Um, You know, for example, a lot of people, for example, in the influencer world, right, a lot of people have like their own kind of, um, they develop an audience through a newsletter, a blog, a podcast, a video, YouTube, TikTok, and then if they get enough money, what they might want to do is buy like a software rather than build one from scratch or, you know, larger companies will buy different lines, right? But in general, you need to have a clear purpose of what you actually are hoping to gain with the acquisition, right? Um, So that's the first one. Then you're going to set the search criteria. So you basically determine the key act criteria for identifying potential target companies. This ranges from anywhere. And you can see this on like um, uh, in, in, in the show notes, I'll put some resources for like search funds and just kind of these acquire type like PE funds. They'll tell you what they're looking for, right? So they'll have usually a revenue requirement or an EBITDA requirement, definitely. So, um, you know, whether it's 500K plus or 100K in EBITDA, which is basically like Profits, but you're you know not including interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Um, you know we can do a whole another episode on that in the future. But essentially, um, there's other specifications and criteria like what industry are you looking to buy? What geographic location are you looking to buy in? What customer base do you want? Are you looking for B2C? Are you looking for B2B? Are you looking for only enterprise? Right. So all of these different. In all of these different criterias kind of impact what direction you're going to end up going in all right And then now it's kind of like running a sales process So for those of you who have been in sales you understand, but the funny thing though is that People outside of sales who have never done sales don't actually understand how methodical and scientific and kind of how difficult it is really Um and so, you know, I, I'm an m and CPA, but I've done stint in sales. I've worked in software companies, and I still love sales to this day. I do cold calls when I can and cold emails, cold outreach. Like, it really is a game changer. But in general, what you have to really do is create a list for potential acquisition targets. So now that you've kind of come up with your criteria, you don't have to start going out. You look at these um, maybe online websites BizQuest, biz buy sell look at craigslist talk to business brokers i'm going to do a whole extensive episode on business brokers too because that is they're kind of like if you think about the real estate industry the real estate agent when you're buying a house right you're going to talk to a real estate agent most likely um that's what a business broker is, and so it's pretty interesting. It's kind of like business brokers help you buy and sell companies, and investment bankers really do the same thing, but there's kind of like an echelon in between so for example, like from like if a business is selling and has a bit of like zero to maybe like a million dollars or two million dollars, you can usually use a business broker to get that handled right then anywhere from like two million to five million, you can probably use like an m and a advisor or something of that nature, some some business brokers go into that. But really, as you start getting north of 5 million, that territory becomes like the investment banks. So it's almost like a professionalized manner of buying and selling companies. But um, that's kind of what ends up happening, right? So step one, we developed the acquisition strategy, then we kind of identified the criteria. And now we're making a list, right? We're going to figure out what targets we're having. And there's different resources for this, obviously, you know, I, I kind of got this kind of take from corporate finance institute so i want to give them credit um but then the fourth step is called basically acquisition planning so now this is where you're going to get make contact with one or more of the companies and line up a meeting start having set initial conversations right so you're going to you know it's it's not it's just like anything in sales you don't necessarily want to come right off the bat and say hey i'm interested in acquiring a company but typically what i advise clients is to kind of go out there start You know, you can do some type of mailer approach, an outbound approach for when you're for maybe 80% of your target that fit your criteria. Like, you'll just do cold outbound emails and LinkedIn and just kind of do a reach out, maybe a mailer campaign, a text campaign, where you're literally just straight up asking, like, hey, if you're ever in the mode to sell your business or if you want to know what your business is valued, like, that can be a tactic to get it. But when you're being very strategic and you have maybe a set list of a potential acquire that you want to make, like maybe it's a business in your hometown or in a town you like, like it's a really good company, you like the brand, you want to own that company, right? If you have that much of an initiative, which only maybe say 50% of buyers end up having, you know, it's uh, more strategic buyers, like corporate development will probably have this more so. But in some worlds, like in the search fund world where these guys are fresh Ivy League graduates, they're, they, have, they set their criteria of maybe like EBITDA ranges, maybe industries, but they're pretty open and they're pretty widespread with what they're looking for, right? So then... After you make this initial contact, right, what's going to happen is that there's pretty, there's some usual steps in it. So, like, if you work with a business broker, before you kind of get any information on any company, you'll be forced to sign an NDA. And obviously, you know, it is what it is. That's the non-disclosure agreement. Basically, you're just not going to go out there and put somebody else's business stuff Um, You know on the internet or tell people about their business right so people are trying to just protect their business information because you're going to get access to their financials you're going to get access to like a teaser um, about the company what they do how long they've been in business for. Or ideally, you know, again, it depends on if the seller is prepared, but at the very least, any seller selling their company should have like a one pager or a teaser that talks about the company. But then as you get into larger deal sizes, things north of a million, um, but you should also, I highly recommend doing it for small businesses too, is, you know, put together like a presentation, like a deck, like it doesn't have to be anything crazy extensive, but um, at least 10 slides on kind of the business right you're selling it it has a story there's a reason why you created it like it's very simple to kind of be able to create something like this to really have something interesting people you know buying and selling businesses is, a, is just as much emotional as it is logical because there's always levels of risk involved there's always you know it's not just it's very rare to find a company that just has like perfect financials and a great profit and everything is kind of automated, right? You're going to need to have some emotional involvement with it. You don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? So essentially what will happen is that after you make initial contact and the conversations go well, usually what we see is like two or three conversations here. Um, An in-person meeting really helps that, you know, that go well, whether it's a dinner, whether it's a zoom nowadays, But what you'll want to do is basically you're starting to going to now acquire when you first have the initial contact, right? You're probably going to do something called like an IOI, which is an inquiry of interest, right? Some processes don't really have this. But in general, maybe if you're working with a business broker, they're going to kind of set that up. It's an informal manner of saying that like you're interested in the target company and you want more information you want to then be able to understand um how you're going to further evaluate the target so you might ask for a customer list you might ask for financials if they didn't provide it already you know you need to have these basic pieces of information alongside maybe the qualitative information that they provide off of like when you're meeting with them they tell you about their business they tell you about their problems you know um, and i'm going to do another episode on just how to uh, there's there's a lot of content i mean buying a business isn't necessarily difficult after you've done it for a while but like i've seen now 50 plus deals i've done multiple deals myself being the seller being the buyer i've have a whole array of clients due to the firm i'm with and so it's just really interesting in terms of how this ends up going right so then once you are getting into this information asking hopefully they have kind of a data room even if it's as simple as a Dropbox a Google Drive anything of that nature really helps you get into um, at least just have further diligence and further information right once you have this information then what you can actually do is you can actually set, come up with some valuation models so this is where it helps to bring in either the investment banker or the MA advisor your CPA um, you know, valuation analysis is a whole beast and there's a whole industry out for it. But, you know, there's um you you you're basically trying to get a range, right? Because the seller themselves is gonna be the person who ends up dictating what the they're okay with selling their business at, right? But you have to understand whether you're getting a good price, a good deal. Um, so there's various kind of methods of valuation, which we'll talk about in the future, but you basically are trying to get a core understanding of the business value that you're willing to pay for it because you kind of follow that up with what's called an LOI or a letter of intent. And so, um, you can check out dealmaven.io or email me at mubarak at Business CPA if you want like those templates and if you have kind of any information along this process. Like this is kind of a long process because it's almost like if I was to just lay out all the steps for buying a house, right, you would have to do, take care of the, the the real estate agent and then do all the inspections and do, deal with the lender like Yes, it's not so difficult once you've done it once, but just giving you exposure to all of the different parts of the deal is what I'm trying to do in this episode, right? So, um You know, I'm going to go into a lot more detail because once you have the LOI, what typically happens or what you should do, what I would advise a client and probably your lawyer would advise is kind of put them into an exclusivity period, put them into basically a lockdown of, hey, you're just negotiating with me and you'll give me maybe 60 days, 90 days. It's usually you want to have 90 plus days. So you as the buyer, you want to go for 120. But the seller also doesn't want to be strung along because what a lot times happens in these situations is you get involved into a business transaction and and maybe buying a company selling a company and now you have your foot off the gas, especially when you're the seller, right? You're the seller. You're still the owner of the company or a partner in the company. You're still responsible for growing the company and being as aggressive as you were. But now you're distracted with this whole other deal going on. And so in order to stay focused, like it, it's hard to do both, right? And the problem that happens a lot of the times is that a seller has already kind of mentally spent the money in their mind. And so you know, if you're selling your company, you need to just be ready for a long process because you don't want to mentally check out and then your business suffers and that causes your valuation to suffer Um, because a lot of the times companies will be valued based off of you know their earnings or their revenue in the most recent period right so if you're a larger company if you're like 10 mil plus or five million plus and i'm actually going to try to lock down the exact ranges but i I try to give you guys the scenarios of like zero to one million 1 million 5 million and 5 million plus right and so they're not hard fast rules Those are just the rough ranges, you know, you could sell a company for 40,000 and get a you know It doesn't make sense. It's really because of the cost of the person right so for example a business broker Might take anywhere from 10 to 15 percent of the company, but they might have a minimum I've dealt with business brokers that have like a fifteen thousand dollar minimum and so if you're trying to sell a company for 50k you know, a third of your whole chunk of change is going to go to the broker. So sometimes you might not want to deal with that, unless you're dealing unless you're in the range of a higher than hundred k, right? So um, now going a little bit kind of closer to the end, right? Once you've sent this LOI and they've accepted it, and now you're in an exclusive period, this is when you can do the M and A due diligence, right? This is what I have a lot of exposure to, and you definitely want to have your CPA in here. You want to have your lawyer. You want to have your partners. Because what's happening at this point is this is what you when you, you can do your due diligence. So it's pretty exhaustive, but it's basically you're aiming to confirm or correct the seller's assessment and your own assessment of the value of the target company. So you're basically going in and auditing and examining every part of the company's operations, right? So your CPA or, or your quality of earnings provider, right, QOV person um, will probably want Uh, You'll probably use them to run through the financial metrics and do financial due diligence. Then you'll want to have your attorney look at their contracts and look at their past, you know, maybe their taxes or things like that to do legal diligence. Then if it's a software or so, you'll probably want a CTO or an engineer or some outside firm to run a code or tech diligence, right? You want to make sure that the software works, that you're not going to have issues in the future, that they didn't write it in some language that only a small percentage of people know. You know, so every kind of process you really need to due diligence in because you are going to end up having this company right you're spending a substantial amount of money typically to be able to acquire this business and you just want to make sure that everything that it's being advertised as is actually true right so you're not being kind of taken for a sucker you're not being played you're you're going to be Getting what you're hoping you're getting, right? So this is why you get that 60 days minimum, I would say, but you want 90 days, 120 days because it takes time. You really need to dive into all the pieces of the company. And depending on the size of the company, a lot of the times they might not have the right reports or the right databases or the exact kind of information you need. So you kind of have to work with them with digging out the information and, you know, and that's why sometimes it almost becomes easier as you become as you're dealing with larger acquisitions, because typically or hopefully it's less messy, right? They have a CPA in-house that does their bookkeeping that makes sure their accounting is right. They have, you know, higher standard and higher salaried and higher paid individuals and senior executives that have made sure that they have kind of their, you know, I's dotted, T's crossed, things of that nature. So then finally, nearing the end, I know this is running a little typically longer, but I have a feeling that really diving in and giving you guys the right value that I want in these episodes, I think, you know, I think we're going to need to deal with a longer average episode duration. So just putting it out there. But in general, nearing the end, step eight, I would say is like the sales contract, the purchase and sale contract. Sometimes it's called SPA stock purchase agreement or sometimes called an APA asset purchase agreement right depending on the type of deal that it's actually happening so hopefully if everything's gone well and, and again the the ratio here is crazy right sometimes you'll you'll hear people talking about they had to reach out to 2,000 businesses to be able to get you know 100 conversations you know which is a 5% co- conversion or so which isn't bad and then you know, from that hundred, only 10 wanted to even kind of sell or even have the interest in selling, you know, and then out of those 10, only like five were okay with, um, with even the valuation that you predict, predicted, or it's probably two out of the 10, probably two or one even, right? So it it takes time. It, It takes a whole bunch of, you know, it's like, it's like sales, it's a numbers game, but yes, you can kind of, strategize and kind of figure out how you want to acquire this business but then finally you'll put together the sales and purchase agreement which is usually drafted up by the lawyers that'll determine the actual final contract for sale right so after months and months you know maybe six months on talking initially and vetting the company and then a couple months of due diligence you know that's why this whole process can end up taking a year without it anyone feeling like it's delayed like sometimes people a lot of times you feel rushed with um with the time because you there's so much information and so much diligence that needs to be done because you want to be comfortable that you just spent you know this your millions of dollars on on a worthwhile asset on a worthwhile business right so i'm going to do a whole other episode on the actual on, on two things left there's obviously the financing strategy which is like you know when you're buying a home your lender right they come to the table at the close to be able to actually finance the deal so that is a whole other topic and then finally once you actually close the deal, right, yes, awesome, congrats, but now is when the real work starts, so the M&A deal is actually the easiest part, because now it's when you have to actually run the other business, or you have to figure out how the management teams of the target and the acquirer are going to work together, right, are you going to merge the firms, how are you going to take over the new company, so that's really when the whole deal starts, so. Yeah, I mean, I know there was a lot in that. Each, each step that I just laid out of that 10-step M&A deal process can probably be talked about and laid out for hours and hours. And we're going to be doing that in future episodes. But if there is a specific interest that you have, feel free to reach out to me via email at Mubarak, that's M-U-B-A-R-A-K, at shahbusinesscpa.com, or you can check us out at dealmaven.io. Hope to hear from you soon. Take care.